we talked about what it means to be disconnected from God. And remember, we talked about not just the idea of being disconnected from God and that our sin separates us from God, but what it means to be like relationally disconnected from God. And then on top of that, we talked about how there's so many articles and there's so many things that talk about this idea of if you're disconnected from God, how to get reconnected from, to God and things like that. But there was nothing about if you're in a good place with God, like if you have a good connection with God, how to maintain that or how to keep yourself from being disconnected. And so that's really what we're looking at in this series is not so much like how, like why we're disconnected, I guess is kind of, but not like what to do if you get disconnected, but it's to like look at what disconnects us from God so that we can watch out for these things in our life to prevent ourselves from ever getting disconnected from God in the first place. And so if you'll remember two weeks ago, it was on parasitic sin. And we talked about how like all sin is obviously parasitic sin, but how our sin more than disconnects us from God in this like spiritual sense of separating us from God, but it it disconnects us from God relationally because we are not obviously doing the things that he wants us to do. And like we are not obviously on God's path or tracking with what God wants for us if we're living a life filled with sin. So we kind of looked at that. Uh, And so today we are going to look at our next thing that can lead to a disconnection from God, and that is selfish pride. And I'll get to why I'm adding adjectives before each of these, because we did parasitic sin and now selfish pride. We'll get to that a little bit later about what makes selfish pride different from other pride in just a second. But we've been looking at these different things. And, um, you know, when we look at this thing that we call pride, I think we can realize that it is kind of a silent killer of relationships. Like, we, we don't understand necessarily, like, like a lot of times if, if you have pride or you struggle with this, you don't understand maybe why relationships aren't being maintained, like why people don't want to be around you or something. And a lot of times it can be pride that's behind it. Now, pride is kind of tricky because it can be, it can be difficult to see in people. Now, obviously, you know, if we're thinking about someone who's super arrogant, super boastful, like, okay, that pride is easy to see. But there are different ways that pride can kind of manifest itself in our lives. And, you know, we have to watch out for these things in ourselves and in our peers so that we all can stay connected to God. You know, these are things like refusing to admit when you're wrong or when you've done something wrong. Refusing to be able to ask for help. Or refusing to seek forgiveness. When you you have done something wrong. You know, all these things can be signs that pride is something that is affecting your life. And I think part of this problem, part of why we struggle with this as, as a society, is that we don't really know exactly what pride is. Because on one hand... We, we grow up, and I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but you need to have pride in, in your work and in yourself, and you need to have pride in what you do. 
And so we're told to have pride, but then, on the other hand, we, we hear people go, well, well, pride comes before the fall. The Bible says that, and pride is this you know, thing that you need to not have. And so I think it's very confusing for us to really interpret, like, how are we supposed to have pride in our life? And I experienced this firsthand whenever I was a sophomore in high school. So I think you guys know that I played basketball in high school, and we had a coach that would just preach pride to us. And he'd be like, have pride in the way you work. Have pride in the way you present yourself. Have pride in like your school and the way you want to represent it. So like play hard, like try to win, you know, to have pride in what you stand for. And he would always like, I swear, I can still hear his voice saying have pride. Like I mean, he would just all the time, that's all we heard about was like have pride in what you're doing. And so whenever I was a sophomore in high school, and you guys probably know, especially because I was just complaining about it, English is not my favorite subject. And so I was taking a sophomore English class, and we had to write a five-page paper or something like that. It was probably only like two or three, but I like to think that it was way longer than it was because they're just painful. But we had to write this long research paper on one word. And so we had to go into like the origins of the word and like the meanings of the word and like how this word affects people day to day. Well, since my coach would always talk about this idea of pride, I was like, man, I'm going to do my research paper on the word pride. Like, I'm going to dive into exactly what pride is. And man, I was so shocked because I had this coach that just pushed this idea of having pride in yourself on us day after day after day. And the more I did research on pride, the more I found that it's mostly a negative word. Like if you say someone has pride in themselves, it's like that they're egotistical or they're arrogant. And so like I was very I was very confused about exactly what like why my coach would say all this stuff if this is something that was bad. <clears throat> and I even so part of the research we had to interview different people to get like what their like a what the word means to them. And so after I kind of got to this place, I asked my coach, I was like, hey, can I interview you for this paper I'm doing? And he said yes. And I asked him what pride meant to him. And he kind of explained that what he was talking about is like taking pride in your work, like I said, and doing the things that it takes to be good at basketball in this case, or good at whatever you're working towards. And it made more sense to me that really kind of the key difference between like good pride and bad pride is found in selfishness. And so when we look at this idea of selfish pride being something that disconnects us from God, it's this pride in yourself, like about yourself. Now, it's okay to be proud of yourself or your accomplishments and things like to be to be happy about what you've done. Like, I mean, for some of you guys, you've won awards and things like that. And it's like good to be like, hey, I worked really hard for this achievement. You know, for some of you in here have graduated high school, like you worked hard for that achievement. It's, it's okay to be like proud of yourself and that. But when you start to believe or act like you are better than other people because of your accomplishments, this is when pride becomes an issue. You know, in a way, and not really in a way, in the totality, when you start to view yourself as higher or better than other people, you are essentially praising yourself. 
in a way. And, and you, we have to realize that this is very dangerous ground to walk on because as Christians, we understand and we need to acknowledge that God is the only person who is worthy of our praise. And that goes beyond like, you know, we always talk about like, what are idols in our society and like, oh, our phones and our, you know, relationships and whatever. But like, we will praise a lot of things in our life but we have to understand that God's the only thing worthy of our praises. So anytime we allow ourselves to start raising ourselves higher than someone else, we have to realize that that is a sinful thing to do. And this is a fine line and honestly a difficult line to walk on. You know, I, I, I've talked a lot many times at this church. And, and I, I even said I remember the first time I ever spoke at the church. Like the first thing I ever said whenever I got up on stage and they hadn't even hired me yet. And I said... I am seldom called a humble person. Like people will tell me before, have told me before, continue to tell me whatever you want to say, that I have an ego, okay? I mean, I can't help it that I'm so great, but you know, it is what it is. But people will say that I have an ego or that I struggle with this idea of pride. And so like this is something that I've had to kind of this, this fine line that I've had to walk in my own life. So I definitely know how difficult it is to be as great as I am and have to pretend like you're not. No, I'm just kidding. Like how it is to like be someone who's super confident in myself and comfortable with who I am. And, and honestly, I'm very proud of a lot of things that I've accomplished in my life and how to balance that with understanding that like all my accomplishments and all my glory that I have earned or deserve really is coming from God and all that glory needs to be pointed towards God from my life. So, you know, I think that a lot of times that we think that pride is just like this bad type of pride, this selfish pride is really just someone who acts arrogantly. And I think it's so much more than that. Pride also speaks to people who hold back their authentic selves. Okay. And, and, and I'll get to exactly what I mean by this. I think what I mean by like pride is holding back your authentic self. It's because we're afraid that others might think less of us because of who we really are. Now, if pride prevents us from telling others how we feel or showing certain emotion or affection, or if it keeps us from admitting our failures and our struggles, then pride has become an issue in our life. Like, I think, for example, you know, this is like the quintessential, like, movie plot, you know, where, like, this, this guy has all these friends who are, like, his buddies on the football team or whatever, and he gets, like, the lead in the school play. I'm basically describing high school musical, aren't I? Okay. <laughs> okay. I meant basketball team. Okay. Troy Bolton for the win. Um, yeah. I watched Disney Channel as a kid. Get on my level. Okay. Anyway. No, but this is like quintessential like movie like the the you know the ultimate jock gets cast as like the lead in the school play but he's afraid to like tell his basketball friends that he's doing that because they're you know they'll think that he's a sissy or whatever like okay this is that same type of thing that I'm talking about if you are not comfortable being your authentic self then you're struggling with a different sort of backwards version of pride, which is equally as detrimental because I want to be very clear that God gave you the gifts and the abilities and the desires and the talents that you have for his glory. 
And, and so if you look at yourself and you go, man, I really wish that I didn't like X, Y, or Z. I wish that I liked this thing better because my friends like this and I want to be more like my friends. You have to acknowledge the fact that God designed you the way that you are for a reason. And you have to embrace and understand who you are because of who God made you to be. Some other, some other symptoms that pride is taking control of our lives is one, being too ashamed about failure to talk to God. This is like the whole idea of, you know, I'd pray to God, but like I'm, I'm such a bad Christian that God doesn't want to hear from me. Or, you know, I can't become a Christian because I'm too far gone or something like that. Like this idea of I'm too bad that God doesn't want to hear from me, so I don't pray to him. Two, you're too arrogant to pray. Like, I don't need God. Okay, that's, that's pretty extreme. You're too afraid to answer. You're too afraid of God's answer to ask a question. I've been here. Like, this is one, like, I want to do what I want. And so, like, I'm afraid that if I ask God, he's going to say, no, I don't want you to do that. Or, no, I don't want you to go in that direction. No, I don't want you to follow that path. Like, so instead of like being like, God, do you want me to do this? I'm just like, hey, I'm not going to ask and I'm just going to do it. That's taking your life into your own hands, having pride. Too focused on our agenda to wait for God to reveal his plan. I think many of us in here have probably struggled with this one, like wanting God to, you know, show us a plan. Like just praying like, God, please just show me what you want me to do for my life. And getting so impatient and waiting for him to reveal that, that we just start doing what we want to want, what we want to do instead of waiting for him. Or finally, too worried about our own thoughts um, or our own desires to fix our relationship with God. And this is the same idea that we allow what we want to be more important than what God wants. And so we don't allow our relationship with God to become better because we want to stick to what we're doing. You know, we, we have to acknowledge that when this selfish pride enters our hearts and our minds... It takes away the power that we have in the Holy Spirit, right? Like if, if we, okay, so we have to believe as Christians that when we become followers of Christ, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do his work for his kingdom, right? And, and so if we, if we are empowered by the Holy Spirit because of who we are in Christ, then if we're not being who we are in Christ and we're doing something else, something that we want and being prideful, we, we don't have the same power in the Holy Spirit, And so if we lose our power in the Holy Spirit, then we begin to live according to how we see ourselves. We start to live by our own power instead of by the power of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe more accurately, we live our lives by how we want others to see us. Like, I don't think I'm breaking any ground here by saying that we all in here know people who act a certain way around a certain group of friends and act different around a different group of friends because they want a certain group of friends to... Hi, Connor. They want a certain group of friends to see them a certain way or to think of them a certain way. The unfortunate truth from God is that if we allow pride to dominate our lives, we will struggle. 
So, so let's look at some scripture. Let's see what the Bible has to say about pride. What does God say to us about pride? Like we've heard kind of my opinions, my thoughts. And I mean, I think, I, I hope we all can see the truth that comes in the things I was saying about pride. But let's see what the Bible has to say. So we know, obviously, the Proverbs, if you've ever read the book of Proverbs, it's like a lot of like good sayings about how to live our life. It talks a lot about pride and Psalms talks a lot about pride. But Proverbs honestly warns us multiple times about the dangers of this type of selfish pride in our lives. Probably the most well-known proverb is Proverbs 16, 18, which says pride comes before the fall. We already talked about that a little bit. That is actually a biblical statement. Like that's not just a saying that people go, oh, well, pride comes before. That's actually in the Bible. Okay, so like the Bible warns us that pride we have in ourselves comes before our own demise. Pride will ultimately create a destructive disconnect between us and God. See, pride gives us this false illusion that we don't need God. Like if we have pride in ourselves, we think, well, I don't need God. I have this under control. I want to just do things my way and I'm going to do it that way. And all of a sudden... We become disconnected from God, and then ultimately we become so disconnected in our own path and our own desires that we become completely cut off from God, and we find ourselves lost and alone, and that's the fall, right? This destruction of being disconnected from God. See, we just... We talk a lot about King David, right? And we can talk about King David's highs, his lows, whatever, but we know that he wrote much of the Psalms and he was a very wise person and he, he went through a lot of things where he made plenty of mistakes because of his own vanity and his own pride. But David kind of weighs in on this issue in Psalms ten four. He says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room from God. Now, we know other places in the Bible, it tells us that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And, and I think that this is kind of the, the inverse of what David's saying right here, because David is saying that a, a prideful, wicked man does not seek God. Right? It's exactly what we were just talking about. If we have pride, we don't feel like we need God. We can handle it ourselves because we have the pride in ourselves to handle it. A, wicked, a prideful, wicked man does not seek him. There is no room in his thoughts for God. You know, we have to understand that no matter how great we think we are, no no matter how much pride we have in ourselves, we always need to seek God. We have to seek God. And I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. Like, if you are living a life no matter what level of Christian you're at, whether you feel like you're a baby Christian, a new Christian, you know, you, you've, you ha- have been a Christian most of your life, but maybe you haven't been really committed to your faith, or maybe you've been sold out for a long time and you're trying to become the best Christian you can be. Whatever stage you're at in your walk with Christ, you have to seek Him. Like, that's essential to your Christian life. And so if you're not living your life where you're seeking God, whether that's spending time in His Word praying to him, seeking his direction for your life, then you're not doing the things that God's called you to do and you're having pride in yourself to figure that all out. We have to be people who seek God in all that we do. 
I mean, we even see in Proverbs 16, 5, it says, God detests the proud of heart. So I, so I hope you guys understand the severity that comes with pride. Like the, the destructiveness, the disconnect from God that can come with having selfish pride in our lives. So what do we do about this? Like, like, so maybe we're sitting here, myself included. I mean, I've already, I've already said during this lesson that this is something that I struggle with. So, so what do we do about this? How do we manage this pride in our lives? How do we like, like, you know, I say this jokingly, but like, you know, like God's made me so great. How do I put that in check? You know, like, like if we have this pride in ourselves, how do we manage it? How do we watch who we are? And I think the first thing we need to do is we need to put our feelings in the back seat. We need to understand that what we want, what we desire, what we like, needs to take a back seat to God. Like, you know, uh, I, I've always seen this bumper sticker before that says, like, Jesus is my co-pilot. Like, I want a bumper sticker that says, Jesus is my pilot. Like, I don't want to be driving the car with Jesus, like, telling me where to go. I want Jesus to be driving the car. Like, do we understand the difference? Like, and, and so, like, I think it's putting ourselves and our desires in the back and just being along for the ride and trusting that God has us under control and putting our faith in him. Like, instead of putting our faith in ourselves, we put our faith in him to get us where we're going. You know, I th- I, I'm very thankful that God gave us a great example in the Bible to look at or of what this looks like. His name was Jesus, not whatever I said earlier, Jadidas. Yeah, Ajidas. Um, Jesus had literally every human reason to be prideful. I mean, he was the son of God. He was a human that was also God. Like, literally, he had every imaginable reason to be prideful. He could have spent his time on earth going around and, like, healing people and doing, like, really cool miracles and, like, being like, look how great I am with everything that, that, I, that God has given me by being his son. Like, that's how Jesus could have spent his time on earth. But instead, he did exactly the opposite of that. Now, now I'm not going to say he didn't go around and do miracles and stuff, but he did them to take care of people. He did them to provide for people. But in reality, what he spent his life doing was serving and modeling a life of humility. I mean, one of the most iconic examples of this was when Jesus took time to wash the disciples' feet. And and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been a part of a foot washing ceremony before, which sounds really weird, but it's actually like a really cool spiritual thing. Like it it really is like, it sounds like super gross and everything, but like, it's, it's actually like a really neat thing to do, but you have to realize as gross as that sounds like if I was like, Hey everyone, I'm going to ask you to take off your shoes and we're going to do a foot washing right now. You all would be like, that's nasty. Why does he want to touch all our feet? You have to realize that back when Jesus did this, 
Their feet were probably like a thousand times nastier than anything that we got going on in here. Unless someone has some sort of weird fungus. I don't want to mess with that. But like we have to understand that like these guys walked around like open sandals in the dirt and the mud. And they like they didn't bathe frequently. So I mean their feet were probably just gnarly. Okay. And Jesus got down. And he washed the disciples' feet. Much to their dislike, they were like, what are you doing? You are the son of God. Why are you washing our feet? And it's because Jesus was displaying that even though he had every reason to be prideful, he humbled himself and he said, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to take care of you. I hope we can all understand how destructive to our relationship with God pride is and can be. I I cannot, and this is coming from someone who's struggled with this. I told you guys that. I cannot tell you enough how important it is to not allow pride to enter your heart and create a false sense of arrogance. Instead, ask God to give you a heart of humility Ask God to give you a heart of service. Like, I'll be honest. Like, when we do, I don't know if any of you guys in here have ever done a spiritual gifts assessment. If you haven't, I would definitely recommend you do it sometime. It's very revealing about, you know, the gifts that God has given you to serve his kingdom. But one of them is service. And, like, I swear, every time I take a spiritual gifts assessment, that is my lowest score. Like, service is not my strong suit. It's not something I like doing. Most of the time when I'm doing stuff at the church and like, they're like, okay, it's time to put away tables and everything. I find something to like, like, oh, look, I'm doing a table really slowly, you know, or something. So like, like I just, service is not my favorite part of ministry. And that sounds really bad because like ministers are here to serve. So don't get me wrong. I'm here to serve the church, but like service is not my strong suit. And so I pray regularly for God to give me a heart of service because I understand that that's kind of the opposite of pride. You know, when you feel yourself doing what you want, worrying about what image you're putting out there, worrying about what people are thinking of you, Understand that that is pride working in your heart. And work to transform what you're doing, what you're feeling, this pride that you have, into not so much caring about what you think or what others think of you, but care about what God thinks and what God thinks and wants of you. And if, and if we were truly able to transform our minds in this way, If we were able to care more about what God thinks of us than what others think of us, I think we would see a radical change in our lives. You know, I was I was cleaning my office up a couple weeks ago and I found some surveys. I don't even remember what the series was, but it was back when I got on that big kick about having you guys do surveys at the beginning of every series about questions, which I really enjoyed going back and reading. But one of the questions on there was, do you care more about what God thinks or do you care more about what others think than what God thinks? And the average answer was, I think it was on a scale of 1 to 10 or something. Or, but the answer was really high. 
Like meaning that most of the people who took that survey cared more about what their friends and what other people thought about them than what God thought about them. And it's really eye-opening to think that way because I, I bet if we took that survey, if I would start it with that tonight, that most of you probably would have answered the same way. Like, hey, my friends are tangible. My friends will make fun of me if I do not act a certain way. My friends may not even be my friends if I don't act a certain way. We tend to care more about what other people think of us and our, our image. Our, and that's pride, right? That's the, our, worrying about our image is pride. But if we were able to transform that and say, I care more about what God thinks about me and what God wants for me than what anyone else in this world thinks, including myself, then we will truly be able to push this selfish pride aside and stay more connected to a God who has designed us for a wonderful plan in our life. So be aware of this. Guard your heart. Seek God in what you do. And understand that as you seek him, he will show you what you need. Let's pray and we'll be done for tonight. God, I thank you so much for this group of students that are here. I pray that you just, you would guard their hearts from this, this selfish pride that can just consume us, God, that they would care so little about what they want or what others think of them and just care solely about what you want from them, God, what you have designed them for, what you have created them for, and what you want from them, God. God, we know you have given each of us a specific purpose to serve your kingdom while we're on this earth. And I pray that you would just allow us all to, to see that plan, to see that purpose in our life so that we may walk down that path and serve you to the best of our ability, God. God, we love you. We thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, not just to die for our sins on the cross, but to live a life that shows an example of the humility and the service that we are supposed to show in our own lives, God. And I pray that you would just help us to strive to be more like Jesus in everything we do every day. God, we love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.